Well, welcome again to another episode of Leadership Lounge. My name is Jack Tester. I'm the president and CEO of Nexstar, and I got the good pleasure of being here today with John Milos. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's From right. Uh, he's we're at our uh, leadership spotlight meeting in Houston, Texas. And John, you just got off the stage. You did a fantastic job Thank you. talking about uh, your experiences in business and some of the key things you focused on. You talked about you talked about vision in your business. You talked about processes and procedures Mm -hmm. and how important those are. And you also talked about creating culture, right? right? So we're going to get to the creating culture part. That's the part we're going to hang out at. But what I'd like you to do is just talk a little bit about your background and kind of what brought you to Nexstar today. Oh, what brought me to Nexstar? That's an interesting story. (laughs) Um, Well, my background is uh, I've been involved in businesses. Right out of college, I had a a small business, sold that, got into a, um, part, a chain of parts stores, auto parts stores, okay. working on the counter, still going to college. And uh, it, I was fortunate in that that company had a very unique culture. Uh, they treated all of their store managers as owners of the business, mm-hmm. uh, even though they weren't officially owners. And I learned a lot of, uh, about culture. I learned a lot about process and procedure at that company through the two, at that time, owners. <clears throat> And I stayed with the company until it was sold and the two owners left. At that point, I decided to go out and buy my own company uh-huh. with the idea that I could do some of the same things, maybe even on a, on a bigger scale. Okay. And uh, I found a small little company, Styling Concepts. The company's name was Styling Concepts. Styling right. Concepts. And we sold uh, truck accessories All right. to the ultimate consumer, retail, uh, through catalogs and eventually internet. Okay. And... Uh, we were probably the largest mail order internet company of truck accessories in the United States. Okay, so you had—I I know you told part of your your presentation was you, when you bought the company, it was two and a half million. You Correct. consciously shrunk it down to about seven hundred thousand or something. Correct, right in that area. Correct, just to get focused, right, on your core business. Correct. So you shut down a retail showroom. You shut down. It sounded like a repair shop, right? right? You shut down a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's part of your focus presentation, right? And then you grew that business, and uh, tell us about that story real quick. Well, you know, it it was really about just figuring out what was really going to make that company grow. And uh, the business originally was trying to do a lot of different things and not very well. Yeah. Uh, Two things happened. One, I looked at the catalog uh, business, catalog mail order business, and I thought this was a perfect platform to launch the internet side of the business. Okay. So that fell into place and that was a big help for yeah. us. <clears throat> so the, but the biggest thing that contributed to our growth really was the involvement of the people. We were so fortunate to get people that were passionate about what we were doing and when our customers called and talked to our people, they right away understood that they were talking to somebody just like them. Somebody awesome. really wanted to solve their problem. Passionate about what they did. Exactly. And if it came in, and our customers were constantly comparing us to our competition. And we were basically selling the same products. But when it push came to shove, at the end of the day, they called us back and we made the sale because of that relationship, um, the way they were treated, the knowledge that our people yeah. had. It was just... Uh, we won every time. And your story was that you, you took this business with ultimately after 
couple weeks after you bought it, it was a seven hundred thousand dollar business, and you grew it to what level? How many employees? And you and you divested it, right? Or sold yes, it? Yes, we sold it. Um, I bought the company for two and a half million dollars, uh-huh. and I, actually, I thought I way overpaid for it. Okay. But <laughs> uh, anyway, um, within six years. We had grown it to a $50 million company. Okay. We had 135 employees. Congratulations. And uh, so we just had phenomenal growth and uh, sold the company to an investment group. I stayed on for an additional four years and continued okay. to run the company. Okay. And um, in fact, the investment group, which this is very unusual, okay. the ingress- investment group never stepped foot in our company the entire four years I was there. They never even walked in the door. Right. Our people had forgot the company was sold. Okay. You must have been doing quite good. We were, we were still doing very well and continuing to grow the business and do the things we, we believed in. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Well, that's part of why we brought you in because you had a, a, a lot of business success and, and we wanted to hear your message of kind of what you thought the essentials of, of that success were. And again, you know, you talked about focus mm-hmm. like, and, you, and we've touched on that a little bit. Right. And you, and you, and you talked in a lot here about processes and procedures, and we're not going to hang out there too long. But I want to talk about the things you talked about as it relates to culture. Yes. And you said something that really struck me as it relates to culture, because you know, we talk about that all the time at NextStar. I hear members talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. We measure employee engagement. We talk about how to be an employer of choice. And you said something as it relates to culture and leadership, and I thought that was interesting. Tell us about that. Well, I believe that you cannot create culture itself. As the owner, as the owner of a, of an or, of a business of an organization, uh, it's next to impossible to create okay. that culture. Because culture, when you think about it, is really the sum of what's going on in your organization and how people are, how people think, how they interact with their, each other, how they interact with a customer. And you can't you can't force people to be that way. Right. So, fortunately, I learned fairly early on that what I could do was create an environment okay. that the right people would want to be part of that the right things would happen, give those people the tools, and we would grow the culture. The culture would kind of take care of itself if you had all the right ingredients in place. Okay. And so that was the model. That's awesome. All right, so you you, you create a culture, and and you used an analogy in in our training here of a Petri dish. Right. That if you've got the right ingredients in a Petri dish, whatever you put in there will grow, and if you don't, it won't. Right. So if the culture is such that it won't allow a bad seed, so to speak, to expand, it won't. Is right. that right? Right. And you know, the thing is, is that in, in just about any company, any entrepreneur you talk to, you always hear about there's somebody in the organization yeah. that really should not be there. Right. And the problem with that is it's not just one person that is affected by that. It's not just one person. It's yeah. all the people that that person comes in contact uh-huh. with. And so when you put up with that, you're tolerating cancer. You're tolerating the likelihood, the probability that that is going to spread and it's going to affect other people in the organization. And ultimately what happens is the good people leave. The good people don't want to be part of that. Yeah, so what happens, you're saying, is the good people leave and the people that you want to leave stay. Exactly. Right? That's exactly right. Oh, geez. Yeah, I I understand. So you talked about, excuse me, that there's kind of five things that you do Mm -hmm. as it relates to culture. And these are intentional things that you work on to create that environment right. where, you, where you can get a high productive, fun, engaging culture that people want to be at work. Right. Right? right. First thing you talked about is get the people. So right. you talked about you look for five characteristics, I'm right. sorry, five characteristics in people. What are those five characteristics? Well, the first thing is we look for somebody that was, uh, can, can get excited. 
They, they really can, you know, when you started talking to them about something, there was passion in that. Okay. Talk to them about art. You could talk to them about music. So we look for passion. All right. We look for a history of leadership, okay. some kind of leadership. And that's kind of the unique thing. Um, because we're Even if they're not going to be a leader in absolutely. your business. All right, tell absolutely. me about that. Because we define leadership as somebody who is willing to step up when they need to step up. Okay. That's really what we define as a leader. We're not ta- we're, I call it everyday leadership. Okay. It's, not the, it's not the formal leadership structure, although that's okay too. But it's the kind of thing where in their life experiences, they stood up, they took responsibility, and did something that not everybody would do. Okay. It could be something as simple as organizing the paper drive of the church, or right. it could be the guy that got his buddies together and created a rock band. Got it. That's leadership. All right. Very cool. Then what else did you look for? Oh, so we, um, we looked for um, uh, creativity. Okay. And we had some unique ways of, of discovering whether... You call that resourcefulness, didn't you? Resourcefulness, Yes. Right. Uh, and we call that cre- uh, resourcefulness, creativity. And um, my mind is drawing a blank now. Let's see. The, uh, uh, oh, uh, hunger. Hunger, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody runs into this when you're looking for people. You know, they come in, why do you want a job? Well, I need a job. Why do you need a job? Well, I'm running out of unemployment or something like that. So we really wanted somebody that wanted yeah. something more out of a job than just somebody quote, with unquote, some ambitions. Some we we right. call it a strong why. I want to learn something. Yeah. I want to make more money. I want to get a position. I want to get recognition. I, anything other than the old typical, I need a job. Yeah. And so that was pretty much a. If you said I just need a job. Next. At the door. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty much a, a, a no-brainer. That that was the, uh, um, and then the ability to connect with people. Okay. I mean, that was, uh, uh, you know, that's something that's really hard sometimes to bring out in an interview yeah. because people get so good at doing an interview. Uh, but you again, call them professional interviewers, exactly, right? Yeah. Exactly. But we had different um, different tests, if you will, different uh, situations that we would put people in. Okay. Um, Sometimes, for example, with a call center person, we might create a scenario, do a role-playing with an irate customer. Okay. See how they would act with that. How would they interact? Would they get defensive? Would they stay calm? So there were a number of things we did. to. to but the bottom line in any position is we wanted somebody that liked to be around people as opposed to somebody that yeah. rather be sitting in a cubicle Heads right. down, leave me alone. Even if that was kind of their job, right. you still wanted people that, that could relate and, and, and be part of a team. If you're building a team and you're yeah. building an organization that is growing, you've got to have more than just right. uh, silos. Got it. So this, so your first ingredient for creating a, the right environment for a great culture is to get the best people, right? So you yes. talk about these five characteristics you look yes. for, and I'm going to summarize those again. Somebody who's excited. Right. Somebody who gets passionate about something. So they, they, they know that there's somebody that can get engaged and excited in what they do. Right. You talked about a history of leadership, and it doesn't have to be a manager position. Right. Right. It could be somebody that you sense in their background and what they do that they step up when required. They don't shrink, right? Correct. And then you talked about um, hunger mm-hmm. or a want to or a Desire. strong why or however you call it, that they're just not there to get a job because they should. Right. That they have some purpose in their life beyond a paycheck, right? Right. And then you talked about the ability to connect with people. And then finally, you talked about resourcefulness, right? Which is the ability to find how, how to get something done when maybe there's not a way to do it that's right in front of them. Is that fair? Exactly. Awesome. And, and the interesting thing about this, that 
when you start bringing those kinds of people into the organization yep. and have these characteristics, they want to be around the same kind of right. people. They know the same kind of people. Uh -huh. So before you know it, they're bringing their acquaintances, the people mm -hmm. that are like them, to you, and you get to the point where that's all that's being put in front of you as job applicants. So it's, it's, it's a really cool process. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, the second thing, um, you, so as it relates to the cultures, it, you, had a, you called it bringing out the best in your people. Yes. Right? Talk about that for a minute. Well, you know, most companies make it a, a you know, their, their job, they think, is to, to correct everybody's weakness. Yeah. And so they, you know, performance reviews guilty. are all about... I'm guilty what, of that, by the well, way. Well, we all do it. I mean, it's, it, we're, it's almost built into the training. It's almost yeah. built into our educational process. And so you start with, with figuring out what somebody's weakness is and trying to change them. The example I like to give is, you know, if you've got a great engineer, and a lot of companies do this, it's a great engineer, and they say, okay, we want you to go out in the field and start selling because you really know the product. You know, you're an engineer. You really know the product. They're passionate now. about the product, yeah, too, aren't so, they? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have you go out and sell. Well, most engineers are not really good salesmen. So they send them off to salesman school, and they try right. to get them trained to be a salesman. And they don't like it. They hate it. They want to be engineering. They don't want to be selling. And this is the mistake that we make a lot of times in, in organizations. We try to make people something they're not. Mm -hmm. So our focus was figuring out what people's strengths were, Identifying the weaknesses so we could get them to a level that they could function in the role that they had, right. but really capitalize on what they were really good at. People want to work at what they're, that's where they feel the most success. You don't feel success overcoming weaknesses. Yeah. I mean, you do, but it's not the same way as just saying, man, I'm really good at this. I know I'm good at it. Yeah. And I want to do more of it. Right. That's awesome. So, you know, when you're doing something you love, it's like the, the, the clock. I can't believe where that, where that two hours go. Exactly. Right? When you're doing something exactly. that's torturous, it's like every minute is Well, when you're doing what you really right. love, it's less like work. Yeah, it is. Right. Right. So, that's awesome. All right. Uh, the third thing you talked about is you wanted a learning organization. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, we were committed to training our people absolutely every single day. And it goes back to the reason why we got involved, uh, why I started uh, or bought styling concepts is I really wanted an organization where people having been part of the organization would be better as a person for being part of it. Okay. And so part of that commitment was making sure that people were involved in some aspect of training absolutely every single week, no exceptions okay. ever. And um, we, the interesting thing about our training program is as I described this to a lot of people, they get hung up on the idea of how do you do all that? How do you create all this training? Well, the unique thing that we did at Styling Concepts is we involved everybody in this process. So if you were in a certain department and you were particularly good at some activity, yep. you know, uh, uh, somebody that, that really was good at putting in uh, 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 solar water panels or, or hot water tanks or yep. whatever, uh, Train the other people. Show yep. them your tricks of the trade. Yep. They get a kick out of it. Their peers are saying, wow, I didn't know you know that much about this particular whatever. Next thing you know, you've got the person doing the training who's getting a, a kick out of doing it. Yep. And right. now there's a new respect from their peers right. saying, look, I didn't know Joe knew so much about how to put uh, circulating pumps in a, in a house to yeah. uh, get water moving through. I didn't, wow, he's a genius on that. And so it, it, it's a win-win for everybody. You know, funny thing we've, we, that's true is that when you 
have to teach something, you learn oh, it at a deeper level. Absolutely. And then if you tell people how to do something, there's kind of an expectation that you better be doing it too. So there's a double, there's a there's two or three other benefits to what you just talked absolutely. about. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Which is awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> the the fourth thing you talked about was excellence must be everywhere. Right. Tell me about that. Well, you know, it's we're really good as managers and owners of business at telling people what they should be doing. And I, the, one of the examples I always like, when I was growing up, my parents sometimes would say to me, do as I say, not as I do. Okay. And, do. you know, at four years old, I knew that was baloney, you know. Right. You know. And, and sometimes that happens in organizations, yeah, too. We yeah. talk about going out and delivering excellence to our customer. And yet we come back to a shop or we come back to an office that is less than excellent. Okay. So excellence has to be it has to be in the trucks they drive, it has to be in the facilities they use, the tools they have, the training you're doing, all of those things. If you want to deliver excellence to your customer, you have to give excellence to your internal customer. Yeah. It's you can't talk out of people know it's BS if you're yeah. not uh, you forget about that because, you know, what's happened behind the screen is just as important as what's happening in front of the Absolutely. screen, right? Absolutely. So that's, that's, that's a great reminder. And I see that, that a lot of people, you know, and I encourage people listening to this, sometimes you can, you, you've been in your facility so long, you forget that it's right. ratty. You don't see it anymore, right? And then a guy like you comes in and goes, what are you doing here, right? And I've done that as a business coach. I'm walking, has that well ever seen a coat of paint? Right. And, you know, they have more modern file cabinets now than right. what I'm looking at right now, right. which was in the 1950s. You know, can we upgrade this? And what does that tell the employees? Right. 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 So I think that's a great point. And, and you, can, you can become snow blind to that stuff Very in your own business. Right. You know. right. Um, and then the last one you had is uh, set high standards. Tell me about that. Well, you know, a lot of it was simply the goals and the, and the uh, objectives that we had with our people. But what it really meant was that in our organization, there was no room for whiners. There was no room for complainers. That we, had, we wanted an environment where people were positive. They were looking for the best in people. They were looking be for the best in situations. They were trying to be creative. We, weren't, we didn't want to have uh, an organization where people were putting down ideas. We wanted support for ideas. Uh, we had a whole process for, for generating ideas. Yep. Which, uh, but anyway, that's, that's what we meant by, uh, by that concept. So high standards. So high you, standards. And, and in our meeting, you really talked about the kind of the infectious nature of kind of water cooler whining. Mm -hmm. Let's just call it that. Right. You know, where you know, they don't come to you with an idea, but they go to their coworker and they complain about something, and it's just, and then what happens is that coworker complains about it to you, and, and you used a, a, a very colorful metaphor for that. And yeah. I, I mean, I'll repeat it here, but it was basically that you're basically taking a bag full of excrement, right. saying, here it is, you're giving it to somebody, and if you, if you think about it, complaining in that way, you don't indulge in it. So right. I, I like the metaphor that you created in the mind of employees, that when that's occurring, that's what they're doing. Right. And when you participate back, that's what you're giving. Right. Right? Exactly. And, of course, we, we want people to, to tell us their ideas. And if someone's truly upset, we want, them, we want to have a, a, a resource for them, right? A, a, you know, the, but they need to come to the people right. who can do something about it, right. right? Right. And, you know, in the presentation, I didn't have time to, to get into that deep, into that part of it, that deep. But I will tell you that we had a very, very robust process to help people bring out the issues yep. that were going on. And we talked, I, I would use examples, I'd say, you know, 
This complaining, when you're complaining to Joe about not being able to get time off to go to a rock concert, is ridiculous because Joe can't do anything about it. Yeah. You know, you need to, if you have an issue, right. you need to talk to the person that can do something about it. So right. let's identify who can do something about whatever it is you're not happy about. Right. And then let's work through that. Um, so we would we would have examples and we would have processes and ways awesome. to, to deal with that. Yeah, because you did, you want to hear it, but uh, exactly, it's got to be in the right format and the that's right healthy place, for everybody. The right person, right. exactly. Right, exactly. Well, John, thank you so much for your participation here at Leadership Spotlight and for our time together. Um, if people wanted to know more about you, how would they find that out? Well, they can just contact me at my uh, email address, uh, J M I L O S, okay, at J C M M G M T, like J C M Management. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. All we right. sure appreciate your time. And thank you again for listening to another episode of Leadership Lounge. This is Jack Tester signing off. Thanks so much. Okay.